This is the GOAT Level Podcast with your host, the GOAT, the legend, the hero, Van Pugh. The DC Defenders are back, baby. Let's go. 15 to 6. They won 15 to 6 yesterday. So I got tickets to the last three games, and this was game one of three. They play against St. Louis. Despite St. Louis being the better team basically the entire season, I had a feeling that D.C. could win this game. Because I'm like, St. Louis is good, but they ain't, they're not miles ahead of everybody in the Eastern Conference. Like I feel like they were beatable. I feel like they were beatable. I mean, sure, they did everything well, but they don't. I was like, man, a lot of their games are close. They haven't blown anybody out. They haven't dominated anybody. All their games are one-score games. They are. I'm just keep it real. All their games are like one-score games. So I knew that D.C. could get them, especially at home and coming off two blowouts. I was like, there's no way D.C. defenders about to just let St. Louis come in here and do whatever they wanted. And they came to play. And I will say, I missed the first quarter because I had this weird chain of reaction where I was late to my flag football pickup session, which is supposed to end at 2. Ended a little bit after 2. After that, I was late getting to Anacostia. Got to Anacostia about around 2.40, 2.35. Thankfully, I didn't have to wait long for the train. Took the train to Navy Yard, and of course, you walk from Navy Yard to Audie Field, it's at least a 20-minute walk. So I had to do that. I had to get to my seat. By the time I did all that, it was pretty much, it was almost the end of the first quarter. And by the, not even kidding, when I sat down, Tyree Jackson was coming in the game. And Cardell Jones was benched. I had no idea that before I got there that Cardell Jones had already thrown an interception. Now, I had a feeling after two horrible games, I was like, if he doesn't do anything this time, he's getting benched. I didn't think he'd get benched after the first quarter. This man threw another interception. And Pep Hamilton was like, no. No, we, we're not going through this again. Put Tyree Jackson in. Put him in. It was like, it was like O.J. Simpson. Get rid of that guy. <laughs> you look at Cardell Jones on the field. Get rid of that guy. But seriously, man, um, Tyree Jackson did okay. He made a few okay throws. He made a few decent throws. No, Nothing crazy, but I think what really... What really did him well, he threw, he threw the touchdown. He technically threw two touchdowns. But the problem is that second one got called back because of a stupid penalty. That's the thing about D.C. defenders. Like, that game could have went either way against St. Louis, to be honest. It's just that what won them the game is on third and fourth down on defense, third short, fourth and short, they held – they held tight. They held tight, and 
And the defense stepped up. And that's what really let us down last week was the defense. They gave up like 477 total yards. Gave up like 200-something on the ground. And I'm not going to lie, at first St. Louis was moving the ball on the ground. But when they got in that red zone, the D.C. defenders tightened up. And they gave up some field goals. And I'm not going to lie, um, I think they gave up a touchdown. But they almost gave up a field goal, but the kicker missed, thank God. It's just whenever the D.C. defenders needed a red zone stop, whenever they needed a play, whenever they um, needed to make a short yardage stop, they did it. They did it. And on offense, uh, Tyree Jackson just, first of all, he didn't turn the ball over. Second of all, he just made great plays with his legs. Sure, Cardell Jones could do that too. But Tyree Jackson was holding on to the ball. He wasn't turning it over. Okay. He wasn't trying to do too much. And that's all they needed. And it also helped that uh, we had a running back rush over 100 yards in uh, Presley. So that, that helped too. That helped too. So DC defenders came out with a victory. Do you stick with Tyree Jackson? I say so. You know, he's not going to – I don't think he's going to turn over the ball, but the plays he make with his legs and his ability to um to manage the offense and to – and for us to chew time off the clock with a balanced attack, I feel like we could, we could do that with Tyree Jackson for now, as amazing as Cardell is. Now, we'll see what – We'll see what Tyree Jackson does next week against Dallas. I mean, Dallas, I don't know what they were doing this week against New York. I didn't really watch that game, but all I know is they were losing by 18. They lost by 18. But the main thing I saw with that game at the end was that I I watched, okay, I watched the very end of it. Maybe like the last quarter and a half. I may I, maybe like a lot of the third quarter and some of the fourth quarter. What I notice is just the turnovers, the turnovers in the short field that Dallas was giving New York. It just made it that much easier for New York to win. And it's just Dallas without Landry Jones are just offensively handicapped. So I don't understand. I can't see how D.C. would lose to them next week. The only way I'd see them losing to them is the only way I see DC defenders losing to Dallas next week is if Dallas just straight shut the offense down. Just shuts DC defenders offense down. Which like Dallas Renegades have a decent defense. They have a, they have a pretty solid defense, so got to get some points on the board and I think points are going to be hard to come by next week. And that is fine with me. That is fine with me. Just as long as DC wins. As long as they win. But good good win from them. They needed it. And now they're in a three-way tie for first. And they beat St. Louis and New York. So they're in first now. So I, it's looking like a toss-up, man. Tampa Bay, I thought they were going to beat LA. It looked like they were at first. 
But then L.A. just ran away with it. They just took over. They were down 24-6, to end of the game, 31-24 L.A. They turned up. This L.A. team, when they're playing well, they're going to be very hard to beat because they got the best offense in the league. <laughs> they got the best offense in the league. So they're going to be very hard to stop. Now, I still think they're going to be fighting for that second spot with Dallas. But it's like, it's a toss-up between them and Dallas. It really is. It's a toss-up. I don't know who do you... I'm not sure if they played already, Dallas and LA. But those games are going to be critical. And it would behoove Dallas to get Landry Jones back. They got to get him back for sure because if they don't, it's a wrap. It's a wrap because I don't think – then that means L.A. is going to take their spot. L.A. is going to beat them twice, and this is going to take it. It's going to be L.A. and Houston, and from the looks of both teams, it looked like it's going to be a shootout. <laughs> Wherever the game is, probably going to be in Houston. It's going to be a shootout. But D.C. defenders, let's see what you do next week against a solid defense that won't have their starting quarterback, most likely. So the next thing is, next thing is, Howard will win the MEAC championship. And I'm not playing. I'm not playing. Charles C.J. Williams, my God, brother, right? This man had 33 against Delaware State. In their last game, he had 33. He came out on fire. It looked like he was on a mission. Last home game at the Burr, he came and came to play. The only problem is if nobody played defense. Well, okay, C.J. tried. Like, he he tried. He gave, he gave some effort. But he's still giving up points, man. No one, no one guarded the three. Delaware State was just hitting them threes. And they were just getting whatever they wanted. And next thing you know, it's 50 to 29, about halftime. Halftime, 50 to 29. So CJ's doing all this stuff, and they're losing my 21. But hey, I've seen this movie before. It's happened against Coppin State. What happened? The starters came out slow in the second half. And what does Coach Blakeney do? Just like he did in the Coppin State game, he sat down the starters. He sat down the starters. And then the backups. Last time it was, okay, they're stopping people, but they're not scoring. This time it was, they're scoring a little bit, but they ain't stopping nobody. Boom, okay, still down 20 points, whatever. Put the starters back in. They make a furious comeback. Nate Garvey's on fire. Wayne doing Wayne things. Um, Zion and LeWayne is alternating. And uh, they're they slowly getting people back. They're still missing Khalil Robinson. They're still missing Ian Lee. They're still missing... Kyle Foster. They got Ray back. They got Zion back. Um, 
I think they'll be okay. Especially since I think they got they got a big three now. They got a big three now. They got Nate Garvey, CJ Williams, and Wayne Bristol Jr. You got those three. And I think those three, if they can all get at least 15 a game in the tournament, which I think they will, they'll definitely beat South Carolina State. Then they play North Carolina A&T, who they were toe-to-toe with in Greensboro. They were toe-to-toe, neck-and-neck with them. They, They played hard, and it's just a few plays at the end of the game, and they lost. They were with them. They were with them every step of the way. And in the tournament, why not? You know, I think CJ goes beast mode. CJ goes beast mode the entire tournament, starting with South Carolina State, who it was kind of like the Dell State game. It was a track meet, 101 to 95. The Dell State game was 100 to 88. So I guess that's going to be, that was a similar game. And, if they have a similar game against South Carolina State, I like their chances. If they could just play a little bit of defense against South Carolina State, they'll beat them, and I I believe they will. Then they got A&T, who they can hang with. They'll have confidence. They beat them. That will get the momentum going. And then, then you got to play, like I said before, the big walls. The big walls that stand in your way every year. Every year. If you make it past the quarterfinals and stuff, who do you got to play every time? Norfolk State. That is a team every time you get there, every time you get to the semifinals, that's who you got to beat. And I think this time, I believe this time they get over the hump with hot shooting. I know, I know, Norfolk State blew them out of Norfolk like two weeks ago. Eh, don't matter. <laughs> it's tournament time. It's tournament time. This is it. Regular season don't matter. Uh, let's just go by I, that game in D.C. That was a close game. That was a competitive game. I think it's going to be more like that. And C.J. going beast mode in the tournament will win them that game. And then, of course, I predict – I can't I cannot see North Carolina Central losing the freaking Dell State or Merle Nation Shore. They're gonna kill them. Then the next round, I think they got freaking Morgan State or um whoever else I'm missing here. It doesn't matter though. Bethune Cookman or Morgan State. Probably gonna kill them too. So <laughs> then you get Central versus Howard. And that is the ultimate. That is the ultimate boss right there because Lavelle Moten is a beast. <laughs> every March, man, every March, Central, no matter what seed they are, they make that run to the NCAA tournament. And I think, once again, Central is going to be right there waiting for him, waiting for whoever comes out of that part of the bracket. And it's going to be Howard. It's probably going to be a close game, but you give the ball to CJ at the end of the game, and he'll take you home. And then they'll beat him. We'll go crazy. 
this probably gonna make ESPN because their RPI is ridiculously low. And they were a tenth seed. I'm telling you right now, this could be the lowest seed. Like this has happened before, where a team with an astronomically low RPI makes the NCAA tournament. This will be a huge story. This will be a huge story. And, of course, you know, CJ's going to be in the center of it and Coach Blakeney and all that. And, of course, they're going to be in Dayton. And they're going to have to play. They'll probably play either the SWAC champ or they'll play whatever team just beat Hampton, which was uh, Wintroth. Wintroth. So I was hoping, I was hoping Hampton won that game. So it'd be a Howard Hampton rematch in, <laughs> in the play-in game in Dayton. That'd be awesome. That would have been great. But that didn't happen because Hampton didn't have enough. Because Jermaine Morrow, who accomplished just as much as CJ in these last four years. Um, yeah, he's carrying them. He's carrying them for sure. But nope. Nope, 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 nope. Wintroff wasn't having it. I think the game was at their court, too. Ah, can't beat that. I'm telling you right now, Howard will win the MEAC championship. Just got to get some hot shooting, and I believe they will, and CJ will take them home down the stretch of each of those games. So now... So now, okay, the Wizards. I went to the Wizards and Hawks game on March 6th. And I was expecting to see Trey Young versus Bradley Bill, two of the best scorers in the league, but two of the worst defenders. I, it don't matter. It's fun to watch them play. And Trey Young didn't play. Trey Young didn't play. I was very disappointed. But it's okay because Bradley Bill came out scorching. He had like 13 in the first quarter. And then he ended up having 38 for the game. He just he just made it look easy. It's like he wasn't even trying. Like it was just it was just too easy. He just effortlessly, effortlessly making shots. Effortlessly getting to the lane. It's just too easy. And the Wizards had control for most of the game. They really they pulled away in the third. And in the fourth, they still had a, a really solid lead. And then the Hawks tried to close in on them in the fourth with a big run. Because Cam Reddish, he had a really, like, awful five minutes. Like, the Space Jam monster stole his powers. And then all of a sudden, boom, he had a few threes. And boom, he got ten points. Then the next thing, then he slowed down. And then in the fourth quarter... He went off again, and he ended up with 28. I was like, him and Trey Young and John Collins and DeAndre Hunter? They got a solid team they building. Y'all better watch out. If they can get a nice bench and they can get some more role players around those four, if you can build around those four, that team will be crazy. But the Wizards, the Wizards won. The Wizards won because we're just the better team. They're just a better team, and they got Bradley Bill, who was going off. He was going off. Uh, that Robinson kid from Boston College, I never knew who he was, but he's nice. And Bertans hitting some clutch threes as always. 
and Napier's a very solid piece. Definitely more productive than Isaiah Thomas. He's doing what Isaiah Thomas was supposed to do. I hate to say it, but that's just how it is. Rui Hachimura had a bad game until like the last five minutes. He grabbed some key rebounds. He hit some free throws. And he was he was the reason why we held off Atlanta at the end. I'm just interested to see how this team is going to look with John Wall and an extra piece or two. I think the Hawks and the Wizards will be better next year. Because it looks like, because look, the Wizards are in ninth and they're like 13 games under 500. In ninth. This is without John Wall. So just wait till next year when John Wall get. We're clearly going to make the playoffs. Then now it's just, now how you get past Milwaukee and Boston and Toronto. Um, then you'll have to in Miami. Like, how do you do that? Oh, they just lost to Miami yesterday, by the way. But there's no shame in that. Miami's been the better team. What can you do? So it's all good. I, I like what I saw. I like what I saw. What the heck? <laughs> I read some crazy text. But uh, I like what I saw from both teams. And they're both going to be really good next year, especially in the East, where I don't know what they're doing, bro. So, Brady. A lot of talk about where Brady is going to go. San Francisco, Tennessee. I keep telling people he's going to go to Tennessee. They got a good team around them. Mike Vrabel and all these people used to play on the Patriots and on the team. But I keep hearing conflicting reports. Keep hearing about him going to L.A. Keep hearing about him going to Las Vegas. The Tennessee rumors are really strong. Him possibly going to Tampa Bay. Now, Now I hear the... Okay, he he can go to San Francisco, and then Jimmy Garoppolo will go back to New England. The rumors are getting ridiculous, and the latest thing is Charlie Weiss said Tom Brady doesn't know. He doesn't know if what he's going to do, and that's fair. That makes sense. He doesn't know what he's going to do. He's going to let the process play out. Yeah, and that makes sense. Uh, but the Vegas odds say he's going back to New England. I say it's between New England and Tennessee. Maybe that San Francisco rumor isn't bad. I mean, he would be, I assume, cheaper than Garoppolo or around the same price. But if he's around the same price as Garoppolo, if he's around the same price as Garoppolo, you might as well keep Garoppolo. He's younger. He's younger and had slightly better numbers than Brady. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, but I don't know. I don't know how true those rumors are about him going to San Francisco. It makes sense because he's from there and he grew up a 49ers fan and they have a Super Bowl-ready team. It makes sense, but come on. It depends on how much Tom Brady wants. And even if you get Brady, when Brady retires, you got to start all over again and find another QB. What are you going to do, draft one? 
<laughs> that would be the most logical thing to do because it's so hard to find a good quarterback off the free agent market that's going to be there for five, six, seven years. You find that out on Madden. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Seriously, man. But we'll see. These rumors are crazy. These rumors are crazy. I don't know where he's going to go. Now, Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. People, he's coming up again. His name is coming up. He had a pretty solid combine, but you knew that. As much as he works out and he's a physical freak, physical specimen, he ran a good 40 time and he did all the, the, the drills nicely and stuff, and he had a nice arm. And so his name is coming up. His name is buzzing. And his interviews are impressive. He sounds like a well-rounded guy. And, man, but Doug Gottlieb, the way he was talking about, Doug Gottlieb just, he has some different opinions. He has some out-there opinions. But he said he wasn't really a good leader at OU. And he's like, stuff coming out of Oklahoma was that he's a me-first guy. Okay, yeah, he did hold on to the ball too long. That is a fact. But he had a problem with him uh, posting workout videos. He had a problem with how he acted around his team. And it's just, there's no way he knows all that stuff. Now, the holding on to the ball and running the ball too much and trying to do too much on the field, yeah, all that is true. I don't. I just don't believe it was completely me first. I just don't think so. It don't seem like it. Whatever happened in the locker room, despite his mistakes, they still made it to the playoffs, and the team still gelled and made it work. Okay, they still they still made it work. They still did their thing and almost got that ring. So I believe in Jalen Hurts. I believe in his mindset. I believe in his work ethic. Is he going to be another like Taysom Hill? Is he going to be another Lamar Jackson? People compare him to Lamar Jackson, but I'm not I'm not so sure about that. I mean, he's not necessarily Russell Wilson. He's just he's just him, you know? He's just a combination of different different players, okay? And I, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. We'll see where he gets drafted. Mel Kuyper said he should get drafted late second round, early third round, which is kind of similar to Madden where he was he was in the second round. He was a late second round you know, draft grade. And I scouted him, and he had like a mid-second round grade. And sure enough, he got snatched in the mid-second round. I should have just took him. But, I, no, someone else took him before I did. I, I was in the mid-second round. I think he went about early-ish second round. But that's Madden. So, I think someone's going to take him in the late second round, early third round. So, that means one of them playoff teams probably just stash him on the bench. And maybe he'll beat out a weak starter. We'll see. We'll see. You know, I believe in Jalen. I think he got the right attitude. I think he'll be just fine in the NFL. Uh, however you use him. So I'm not gonna 
spend too much time on the Lakers versus Bucks and Clippers for now. But LeBron James is LeBron James, King James, crown him like, <laughs> crown him like Kuzma did. <laughs> he put that crown on him like, <laughs> man, look, LeBron is that nice, okay? Against the Pelicans, the Clippers, and the Bucks, two of his marquee, three of his marquee games within the last two weeks or so, maybe within the last week, 30 points or more in both. Anthony Davis, 30 points or more in both. So you get one or two more people in double digits, and boom, they win all of those games. I mean, they just... The the way LeBron showed up on a national stage got him back in the MVP race, got him back in the MVP conversation. People saying he's leading the conversation, and he just might take it, especially with Giannis got that knee injury now. Uh, but but seriously, man, like he had thirty seven, he had thirty seven against the Bucks. He had twenty eight. Well, okay, he didn't have more than thirty against the Clippers. But he had 28. He had an epic fourth quarter. Like the, the Lakers, man, they had some holes. The depth are, is inconsistent. You know, their role players and their bench players are, are inconsistent. But, man, when you got LeBron James and Anthony Davis, everything is going to be okay. That's That's what I get from this team. That's what I get from this team. Everything's going to be okay no matter what. Now, I cannot wait till Lakers-Clippers conference finals. Let's be honest. There's nothing, there's very little that's going to be in the way of a Lakers-Clippers conference finals. So, it would be best. I want to go to L.A. for the entire series. If you want to help out with that, if you're listening and you want to help out with that, you know, I'll be more than welcome to accept donations or whatever. I don't really ask for money, but I I really want to go. I really want to go to L.A. for two weeks. I think the weird part about that is I think my cousin has a graduation in New York around that time period. But I'm going to still make it work. I'm going to still make it work. I'm trying to go to L.A., trying to be there for two weeks. I guess the series would be two weeks. And I'm trying to I'm trying to embrace this entire series. I'm trying to take in this entire series. I mean, sure, I could do that from the house, but being in LA for it would just be amazing. And I would just love that. And I think the King will definitely show why he's the best player in this league. Arguably. Depends on who you speak to. But he came to play against all these people. He came to play against the Pelicans twice. He came to play against the Bucks. He came to play against the um the Clippers, man. It's just you can't say he was washed. I can't believe y'all called him Wash King. And now people are making fun of those who came up with the Wash King hashtag. Because he's not washed. He is the king. He is the greatest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's hard to say he's the GOAT because you got Jordan, you got Kobe. 
he even throw the rant in there. Well, if he wasn't hurt, you would throw the rant in there. But he is the king. He is the best. You can't. If you come at the king, you best not miss. Ask the Golden State Warriors. Anyway, I'm out. Peace. Thanks for listening to another episode of the GOAT Level Podcast. Make sure you share, subscribe, and get money.